We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. A minute to play. Play for the lead. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to Lakers Nation Live. The Lakers get blown out by the Houston Rockets. No consistency from this Lakers team after getting that big, important win over the Golden State Warriors in their last outing in this one. The Lakers just can't seem to find the energy. I know it was a double overtime game last game, but that was two days ago. A little disappointing to see the Lakers come out and drop this game to a red-hot Houston team that just couldn't seem to miss a shot. The Lakers' defense now being thrown into question, particularly look at what, when you look at what they've done in the recent stretch of games. Joining me, and boy, we're going to need him tonight, it is Optimism Prime himself, Matt the Optimist Peralta. Matt, how you doing? Uh, I, I'm going to need me too, Trevor, because this one's <laughs> a toughie. Um, you know, I even texted you midway through their game and said, I'm not even sure if you still want me on this thing, but uh i i you you me the rest of the fan base could use some more optimism right now because sheesh that was that was rough that was a rough outing for the lakers i mean just couldn't seem to get anything going looking at the box score here it's the final score is 135 to 119 which that's bad enough as it is houston i was talking about this over on playback what you can't have happen is the bizarre random jalen green blow-up game that's exactly which is twice now that he's done it to the Lakers this season. He's not very good. Now, I think he's very talented and he'll be good in the long run. He's not a very efficient scorer. Unfortunately, he does have random games where he gets going, especially if you play poorly defensively. In this game, 34 points, 12 for 23 shooting. He's a 40% field goal percentage guy on the season. Uh, and four for 10 from three. He is not a good three-point shooter on the season either. And again, 34 points from him in this one. 31 for Alperin Sengun, who I said is a tremendous player. I talked about him uh, pregame, and he blew up on the Lakers here. It felt like the Lakers couldn't stop anybody. The Rockets wind up shooting 53% from the field, 33% from three, but 14 offensive rebounds. So 53% from the field, and then on the rare occasion when they did miss, they got the offensive board <laughs> more often than not. So really tough to win a basketball game, but beyond the stats... It really felt like the Lakers' energy was just not in this one. At least that was my impression. 
Yeah, that was the first thing I thought was noticeable about tonight's game. I, I think this has been a trend with the Lakers for a few years now is within the first four or five minutes, you can kind of tell what sort of game you're going to get from them. And I think it was 15-8 or 15-6, something like that, within like four minutes of the game. And I said, yep, it's going to be one of those nights. Um, a lot of the reasons that you just previously laid out, you know, back-to-back, double overtime wins, still on the road, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, just a lot of things that would take a team's focus out of a game like tonight, especially because they play again tomorrow. But, you know, with all the stuff around the trade deadline, the Lakers being 500, sitting in ninth place, you would think that there'd be some more urgency, but I feel like we're watching last year's script play out. Yeah, we kind of are. And my, my concern is, can you really count on them to make last year's run post-trade deadline, especially given what the schedule looks like in March and April this year? If, they, if that is in any way a thought in their head that, oh, we're just going to do what we did last year, they're not looking at the schedule. Like, this is the easy part. Mm-hmm. what's to come is the very difficult part of the schedule. Um, that is is certainly concerning for this team. Yeah, I'm, you know, it's it's not a it's not a for sure thing. Like whenever we talk about the Lakers and post-tread deadline, we're always talking about playoffs, whatever, but they're not even a lock to make the playoffs right now. So uh, this team just needs to get it together a lot sooner rather than later. Um, I think, you know, we'll probably talk about this later in the show, but after a loss like tonight, I'm curious what the fan base's take is on the trade deadline now. As compared to two days ago. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, team team keep everyone. And now it's like, well, you suffer a loss like tonight. Changes some things. Uh, Sean, our, our Sean Davis put out there on Twitter. We were talking about this over on um, over on playback and right here on the on the YouTube channel during the game, which is even when the Lakers lose, it's nice to be among friends while that's happening. Um, and so we talked through this whole thing. But uh, if you guys haven't joined us yet, go to playback.tv slash Lakers Nation during the games. So you can hang out with us. Same thing here on the YouTube channel. Our play by play is up here. Um, but Sean said five out of the Lakers last six games. They've allowed a minimum of 126 points. Ugh. Yeah. That's that's pretty rough. Now, that concerns me because that was how this team made that run post-trade deadline was on the defensive side of the ball. They became an elite defensive team. Certainly not doing that right now. Uh, definitely not. <laughs> um I just, there are just so many things that were weird about this game. Um, but overall, though, I just think like zooming out a little bit, it's just this this is crunch time for the Lakers. Like there's just not enough time to wait for, mm-hmm. you know, Xavier to come along. This is I mean, look, they're 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 in the play in tournament if it started today. But I mean, the schedule does get tougher. And, you know, it's just one of those things where I don't if, if you're a Lakers fan, I just I wouldn't be so confident that they'll be in the postseason for sure. Well, so you talked about some weird things that went on in this game. Madison with the super chat said down 30. Why not rest LeBron? He must be out tomorrow. Fire ham. <laughs> what the Lakers were down 30. Yep. And LeBron's still out there. LeBron played 37 minutes. <laughs> 37 Matt. Yes. 37 minutes. I can't like, I can't even say it enough. 37 minutes. He averages 34 and a half on the season. Why would he play more minutes than his season average at 39 years old? He almost equaled his age in minutes played in a game where you're down 30. This, I mean, maybe they've already decided he's out tomorrow and they just figured let's, let's play him and see if we can get a comeback win here or something like that. But uh, th- this blows my mind that LeBron sat at 37 minutes 
on a night when the Lakers were down from the opening tip. Mm-hmm. You could see they didn't have the energy. This should be like a 25-minute night for LeBron, maybe a 20-minute night given the way this game was going. And you logged all these extra minutes when he played 48 minutes against the Warriors. What the hell was Darvin Ham thinking? I mean, I had I you know how you try to twist yourself into knots because you're just not sure how someone could decide to do something like this. That's exactly what I was doing, like mid-third quarter. I was like, okay, I think LeBron's gonna be out. I think this is gonna be like a just white towel fourth quarter for yeah. the Lakers. Nope. <laughs> LeBron into the fourth, had a quote tweeted myself, just was wondering the same thing. Um, look, this is bad in a, like almost no matter how you look at it, right? It's either just negligence on the head coach's part and sticking to a rotation for whatever reason, even though you're down almost 30 or two, you know, you, here's, here's, here was my thing about it. Like if you're going to play LeBron and then the Lakers did cut it to 10, like why was, I guess, like, is the rationale to just sit Anthony Davis because he got hurt and because, you know, you didn't want to risk him or like you liked the group that was on the floor. Cause like, mm-hmm. if you're going to try and like go for the comeback, you might as well full send it and go for the comeback and then just pull everyone right. when it doesn't happen. Instead, we got way more LeBron minutes than I would have liked. I'm going to assume that he's out tomorrow because there's just no way <laughs> that I, you already lost this game. And if you think you can beat the Hawks, who you, I think you have a better chance of beating at this point, it would make sense to wrestle LeBron a lot earlier. But then my conspiracy theory now is that maybe because he's so close to 40,000 points, they're letting him letting him hunt a little bit, especially because they know he's just, out tomorrow. Just because it's a round number? I, Trevor, I'm, I'm telling you, I don't agree with it. But if, I, if I'm just throwing, throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks, I've been watching a lot of True Detective recently, so maybe that's why. But okay. Um, I, I'm just literally looking for any reason as to why they would decide to do this. Because if the, I don't know if Darvin Ham's going to address it, but if there's, a, if there's not like a, a sentence there about like how LeBron and I talked about it, he wanted to go in. Sure. But even then it, it doesn't feel good. No. And, and even if he does want to go in, that's your job as the coach to yep. tell him, no, I'm going to keep an eye on the big picture and we're not going to play you 37 minutes in a game. We have very, very limited chances of coming back and and winning. Uh, You said you throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. I'm throwing stuff at the wall for other reasons here. Um, (laughs) Oh, here it is. Here it is right here. Here's Darvin's response. A tough position to be in as far as LeBron and AD in the fourth quarter or to rest them at the end of the day. When you get down 30, you almost have to play perfect basketball to finish the game. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> if you have to play perfect basketball in order to finish the game, what is the likelihood of that happening? Risk oh, versus reward. Oh. This makes no sense. Why oh, risk man. that for what is a very unlikely to achieve reward? It's different if it's a five-point game. If it's a 30-point game, why are you playing these guys' minutes? What are your odds? How often do you think you see a team come back from 30? When it happens, it's amazing. But what is it? One in 40? One in 50? It's most likely not happening. Why would you do this? It's it's nonsensical. I am so frustrated. Someone someone clipped this. I don't think I've ever seen Trevor this mad on the show. It it, it it just just makes no sense. It doesn't. I told you. Like I was so confident thinking LeBron's night was done, middle third quarter. I was like, cool, smart. Five minute mark, plenty of rest. 
if he wants to play tomorrow, great. If not, I'd understand that too. But nope, let's just let's just run him out there for the fourth quarter in a meaningless game at that point. And and like you could tell too, the Rockets had already kind of started to mail it in, which is I think yeah. why that run happened. But look, it's it's just math. They were they were down over twenty going into the fourth. Like the Rockets could have played one of the worst quarters of their season, and they still probably would have won at that point. Like it's nah, God. Yeah, that was. That that was frustrating to see. And again, even if, even if LeBron is saying no, I want to play, like that's where you you say no. I'm the, I'm the coach, and I'm, I determine minutes, and this is what we need to do. Um, and like you said, if you're gonna go for it, if you think, oh my gosh, we you know, hey, we cut it to ten with five minutes. There were some moments there. I went, oh my gosh, maybe Darvo was right. Maybe they are gonna do this. I mean, it was pretty clear the Rockets had taken their foot off the gas. Um, even then, though, like if that's if you're saying okay, let's go for it, then why is Jackson Hayes in the game? Yep, that that didn't make sense. All right, well, I'm angry enough. Kazuchika said, uh, "Who is a realistic coach in case the front office lets go of Ham?" I don't think they're going to, but Matt, I mean, is it just? I, I think the default would have to be Phil Handy, right? Yeah, I'd, I'd assume so. I mean, I, I'm I'm going to take this question from the perspective of like the off season because I I don't think the Lakers oh. do anything. I don't think the Lakers can do anything in season. Like, look, like it, it would be pulling the Bucks move of we we have we need to win now and we're gonna just improve the team however we can now. But I, I just think that you know bringing in someone in midseason like this, like not the roster that they'll probably have post this regular season, mm-hmm. just doesn't make too much sense. But as far as the question goes, yeah, I think Full Handy definitely gets a look. Um, I, you're probably hear all the big names get thrown out there, like a Jeff Van Gundy or whoever. Um, you know that sort of thing. I I wouldn't be surprised if they go toward the assistant coach route. Um, I'd have to double check like who they've interviewed like the last hiring cycle, but I'm sure some of those names will pop up again. But um, yeah, I, I personally have not even thought about you know potential future head coach just because I'm I'm in the mindset that Darwin will be sticking around at least until the middle of next season. Middle of next season, I think it could be this summer, but it depends on how it depends on how they close. Me. Very mm-hmm. much, yeah, very much. Um, all right. Andrew, oh, by the way, this just, uh, the Darvin Ham said they haven't made a decision on if LeBron and AD will play tomorrow. So was it in his head like, hey, LeBron's out tomorrow. I can burn some extra minutes on him tonight. Uh, he said, we'll see how they're feeling in the morning. So that was his, his answer there. That makes even less sense. No, because mm-hmm. you weren't, you're not sure if LeBron's sitting tomorrow. So you're still going to play him a bunch of minutes tonight. To, I mean, to guarantee that he sits tomorrow, right? Well, apparently they haven't decided, Trevor. So haven't decided. I, I I am not pleased. Andrew Lee said, "Absolutely embarrassing. No effort, no energy, no adjustments. Tons of bad decisions. There's no way Ham's job is secure. He should not have been told that." Yeah, I mean, on, on one hand, all right from a, from a human perspective, we knew there was going to be a letdown in this game. We knew they were not going to have the same energy as they did against Golden State. Part of it is because you played double overtime. Like, that's that's certainly taxing. But also part of it is just the mental side, the mental toll of playing a game like that. You knew they would not have the same energy level in this game as they did in that one. That said, this team, the if the Lakers are going to get to where they want to go, you can't squander games like this against the Rockets. 
Yeah, you just you just can't. I mean, as far as telling Ham his job is secure, like I mean, yes and no. Like you don't want a coach to be thinking he's coaching for his job every single game, but sure. I mean, I think applying pressure and letting him know, like, hey, you know, you're still going to be the coach, but we need we need to see some results. Like that kind of pressure, I think, is is probably what was talked about behind closed doors. But yeah, I mean, look, I, he has just not really helped his case this year. Like I I'm not even the biggest like Darvin Ham supporter by any stretch, but I tried to take things measured and, mm-hmm. you know, take into all the things, you know, like of course there's been some poor coaching decisions and rationale, but I mean also injuries, players, whatever. But I mean, it's just it's it's getting to a point where it's just like you can't even like blame people for talking about it at this point. It's No. It's just one of those things where you know, I think you and I have watched a lot of basketball over the years now, and you can kind of tell when a team is bought in and when it's not. And I think the Lakers being a 500 team with basically almost the same roster as last. So the second half of last season should should tell you something. And I don't think even the players are starting to hide that much. I mean, if you read between the lines, between some of their comments, it's it's not like the most um, supportive of the head coach. What do you take of uh, LeBron like complimenting every other coach out there in sports not named darvin ham like he, he complimented dan campbell Ty like Lou. what yeah i mean what in tyloo of course what what do you think about all of that i mean lebron is a smart dude there's just no way that he doesn't at least consider the fact that if he sends that off it's gonna mean something <laughs> uh like i don't think he hates darvin ham or anything by any stretch i just you know I'm also um, not really getting the vibe that he holds them in the same regard as like some other people. Yeah. All right. This one says, uh, I don't even want us to make a trade. We aren't winning a DAC thing. How are the Cowboys involved here? DAM. I think they meant. Oh, a damn thing. I got you. I got you. I thought we were, I thought maybe, you know, we were making a little, uh, disappointing teams comparison here. Uh, Um, with, with 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 an interesting head coach position, yes. Oh, yeah, that's true. God, what are the Cowboys thinking? Um, with this coach, Braun and AD need to stop pussyfooting around. Well, there's a term I haven't heard in a while. And speak up like the Bucks did. <laughs> I've gone back in time, Matt. <laughs> uh, if not, then we're not serious enough. Um. Do you think that like LeBron and AD, LeBron and AD go to Rob, they go to Jeannie and they say, Hey, this is not working. We need to make a big change. Do you, do you think they've got that kind of control to where the Lakers will go? Oh, okay. And see you Darvin. I I would hope so. I mean, if, if you're letting your best player run your organization, that's just not, that's not a sign of solid infrastructure. So I would hope they have the autonomy to make decisions like that and and be able to tell LeBron and AD and whatever other player stakeholders they have that this is just the way it's going to be. Um, yeah, uh, Trevor, I, I I guess I am in agreement with the comment though. Just they can't be pussyfooting around. Yeah, you just you just can't do that. Just can't do that. Uh, <laughs> Kronos said, "Keep the core, Gabe and JHS equals Dennis or Tyus." Um, Jax and Lewis for Drummond. Seconds is necessary. Three first this summer. Okay, so he's saying don't trade away your pick. Don't trade away 2029. Keep the three first, but trade like JHS, attach him to Gabe Benson and turn him into Dennis Schroeder. 
you've got Jackson Hayes and Max Lewis. Turn Max Lewis, another young player, turn him into Andre Drummond. And then you've got Dennis Drummond off the bench to give you a little bit more depth this season, give you some pieces that you need, some more backcourt explosiveness, another true big that you can turn to, and then off you go. And then he said, or use Gabe JHS and the 29 first to get Alex Caruso and Drummond. Uh, what are your thoughts there? I mean, are we at a point where the Lakers maybe should be a little wary of using their 2029 first? Um, well, first, my immediate thought when I read this was like, it, this feels bad that three out of four of these guys were Lakers at one point. Yes, yes. And if I'm Lakers not that they could have kept, I, I, I believe. Think- all three of them were on the 2021 team, actually. Mm, yeah, you're right. Okay, this feels even worse now. Um, okay. Um, yeah, no, I, I definitely think that keeping the 2029 first is well within play. Um, unless the Lakers get DeJounte Murray, which it doesn't sound like it is anymore. But mm-hmm. unless it's a player for like that, I, I just can't imagine they're going to waste an asset like that when they can go bigger player hunting in the off season. I, but here's my thing, Trevor, like, mm-hmm. like Trey young and Donovan Mitchell were the two guys that were mentioned. Is that really enough to get either of those guys? Yeah. That's where I wonder, do they just get outbid? I mean, that it can at least put them in the conversation where maybe if that player tries to put on some pressure and, and steer their destination to LA, maybe it matters at that point, but most likely you're, you're right. They, they probably get outbid for those guys too. And there's no guarantee those guys are even going to be on the market. Yep. So that there there's there's that part of it too where there's no guarantee but like we're getting to the point where we're talking about a tw- like it's we just got into 2024. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a 2029 pick. This summer we'll be talking about a 2031 pick. Those can be dangerous things to to trade away because who knows what anything is going to look like at that point. Yeah, look, like I, the, the immediate argument everyone's going to use is that, look, we're talking about like an eighth grader, <laughs> like someone, sure. that, like a prospect that's not even ranked or might not, like almost no one knows about, right? Like that, that part I completely get. And I'm happy to trade the pick if it's for a meaningful player that you plan on keeping beyond this season. Like to me, like the way I've approached some of these deals or these offers is like, look, if I'm trading firsts, I, I would want preferably a player that I know is going to stick around past next season. Yes. Um, 100%. Which is why, like the Dejounte Murray thing, while I was never really completely on board with it, it made sense in my head, at least contractually, right? Because his extension is going to kick in. You know, he'll be a Laker um, midway through that deal. You could even flip it again if if it's not working out, right? So that that those sorts of deals make sense to me. Like if I see stuff like, did you see the uh, the Pistons and and Lakers like kind of like back and forth trade deals that were thrown earlier? I think it was no. Jovan and the oh my gosh I I would love to pull it up for you because it was ridiculous it was stuff like you know Reeves JHS twenty twenty nine first for like oh Boyan. oh yeah. I did see yeah yeah the, the one that was like like Boyan Bogdanovich for Reeves and Alec Burks for yeah. Reeves at a first or something I was like I wouldn't give up one of those things for those guys why would you give up both yeah see like so those deals are completely off the table for me um anything within that sort of iteration is is not like what i'm looking at so i i think the the comment going back to chronos's comment really is this is kind of what i would be looking for if you're looking for a marginal upgrade this season and Mm -hmm. you're trying to keep as many assets as you can i think those those are the right ideas now i do have some people in the chat saying like oh the those picks have no value 
Like your future picks have no value. And that's where, and again, we got into this a little bit last season. Um, sometimes there is a divide. Like in general, Lakers nation, we all want the Lakers to be successful. That's just as a, as a general statement. However, there are subsets within you know Lakers nation. And if you are, you're more of a, you want the Lakers to be successful because you like LeBron. If you're a LeBron fan, that's where there's a bit of a divide, right? Because to to that person, then yes, that is accurate. Those picks are, are worthless. They have no value whatsoever, and you might as well trade them because you're not going to be here when those picks uh, come up. Now, I have had a lot of LeBron fans say, hey, I've really enjoyed you know supporting the Lakers and all that. Now I'm a Lakers fan, and that's been fantastic. But if you're a player first and just LeBron fan, you don't care about future picks in general because you're you're totally fine with just with moving them or whatever because you're not going to be around when when that bill comes due. So that's something to consider too when you're seeing the the discourse on on social media in terms of should the Lakers move those picks or not. You can make an argument even if you're a Lakers fan, hey, you've got LeBron, you need to use those picks, you need to you need to do everything you can to help him win right now cuz he's 39 years old. You can certainly make that argument. But if you're just looking at from the LeBron perspective, we have to remember the Lakers as an organization they're going to be here after LeBron. And so they have to figure out what's going to be the best thing for them. And that time is is getting closer and closer to when they're going to be running a, an organization that doesn't have LeBron James. That could be as soon as this summer. So they do have to factor those things in when they're figuring out which picks they're willing to move and not. In general, Matt, I agree with your assessment. You have to have, and I think it has to be as well, it can't be a 30-plus-year-old player. It needs to be a guy who's in his 20s that if a few years down the road, you find yourself in a spot where you need to go into a rebuild. I want it to be somebody where there's most likely, this player will most likely be able to be flipped for draft capital or whatever you want a few years from now. So you can recoup some of the assets that you're going to give up right now to get them. Yeah, it's it's a tough balancing act. I, I think it's hard for fans to kind of step back and realize what the front office is dealing with because like, they, they, they think about the long-term health of the franchise, not just this season. Sure. I think... The LeBron James factor, though, is 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 a thing that the other twenty nine teams obviously don't need to, to to think about when they're tinkering with their rosters and and like what the pro, like what the future outlook looks like for them. Mm -hmm. um, so again, if I'm the Lakers and I'm looking to make upgrades, they need to be for beyond this season. Um, I know some fan sentiment is to just go all in this year and let the chips fall where they may, but I just kind of think that we're almost at the point where. Even if the Lakers do make the playoffs, I, I wouldn't feel good about them picking. I wouldn't feel good picking them to win the NBA championship against some of the other teams right now. And so when I think about it that way, it's like, okay, I want a player that can help this year, but also next year. And then we can continue to build out the roster in meaningful ways. Just, yeah. I'm not throwing everything at the wall for Zach Levine or DeJounte Murray, who I think are like short-term fixes, but probably not the players I'm thinking of down the line or who I'm going to build my team around. Um, yeah, that's a great point. And especially the, both guys... Like both Zach Levine and DeJounte Murray are like all-star adjacent, right? They're 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 like that lower tier where like one year they might make it, you know, the all-star game or whatever, but they're not locked in every year. This guy's a clear-cut all-star. That and I think that's really the tier of guy that they would, you know, prefer to be after, as everybody would, but there's only so many of them. Uh Mama Mentality said, coaches pitch this to LeBron and AD. Play tomorrow. Rest the Celtics game. Even at our best, you have a higher chance to lose that game. Come on, we need a good road record. So I dislike that. 
Really? I dislike it. I like it. Why do you dislike it? I would. I I hate the Celtics. Okay, that's fair. I, I'm never going to disagree with that. I I I get what they're saying, but it's just. Ugh. I I don't mind, you know, the idea behind this question. It's just if it was any other team but the Celtics on Thursday, I think I'd be in. I'd be in alignment. Okay, I I get you on that one, and yes. To go into Boston and beat the Celtics, especially after what happened last year with that travesty of an officiating mistake, yes, that would that would definitely, and I'm talking about the Jason Tatum foul, um, that would definitely feel great to do. So I get that. He is right, though, that you could play your best basketball and still lose that game on Thursday. Sure. If you play your best basketball tomorrow against the Hawks, you should win that game. Um if you rest them tomorrow and play on Thursday, it's a much higher likelihood of going 0-2 rather than if you play everybody tomorrow and rest Thursday, you've got a pretty decent shot of being 1-1. Um, so I get that. Oh, wait, question. Yeah. Isn't there also the whole fine thing for sitting players in national TV games? That's the other problem. Now, LeBron is a different story because he's older and all that. Now, Anthony Davis, he could say, well, he's banged up. He's dealing with his groin injury and all that. The NBA will lose their minds if the Lakers did this. I don't particularly care, right? Like, I don't care if, if the Lakers play on TNT on national television. Sure. I don't. doesn't matter to me. I want the Lakers to win games. And if that's the best strategy for them to win games... It doesn't matter to me. Now, the NBA as a league, as they rightfully should, Adam Silver would lose his mind. If his if his TNT game, his marquee matchup, Lakers-Celtics, is Jalen Hood-Shafino against the Celtics, if the Lakers just pull just pull everybody, he will be upset. His The ratings will plummet, and that's the problem. I think the league would stop the Lakers from doing that. But on the surface, I, aside from it being the Celtics, like if it was the 76ers on Thursday or something like that. Okay. Right. Like that's fine. If it was Denver on Thursday, whatever, whoever it is, this might make some more sense in terms of if you're going to rest a game soon, rest a game against the team. That's, that's more difficult than, uh, than the one you're getting, try to lock in the win when you can, but the TNT side of it, the Celtics part of it, that probably makes this a no go. Yeah. I also just don't want to look like the team that's scared. Right. Sure. Um, I think I was going to talk about, you know, pride being a factor or one of the things I was missing out of tonight's game. And look, I know the Lakers are not good and all things considered Thursday does look more like a loss than a win at right now. But I, I'm just not a, I just don't want to, I just don't want the Lakers to like lie down already assuming they're going to lose a game. Like that's just not a good mentality to have, especially like in the locker room. Right. Like if I'm a player and you're already telling me we're going to sit, cause we're probably going to lose like that, that just wouldn't sit right with me. Oh boy, Matt! I'm looking through some of the post game quotes here. Oh yeah, gimme Anthony Davis on how his groin feels tonight. A little sore. I couldn't move how I usually move on both sides of the floor in the second half. Look like it. Not ideal. Uh, Darvin Ham and Anthony Davis both said that Dylan Brooks should have been ejected for his show Hell. on Jared Vanderbilt. Yes, can we can we do it now or should I wait? Can we do it now? Should we wait? No, we can do it now. Why not? After that loss, we can do we can do whatever we want. Let's do it. Master lock of the night. Go ahead. 
All right. If you're listening to the podcast tomorrow, you can count down with me still. If you're in the chat, let's do it together, guys. Ready? Master lock of the night. Three, two, one. It's Mr. Dylan Brooks. And yes. I a good reason tonight because that dude should be suspended for being a dirty player with a punchable face. And I don't like you. <laughs> with a punchable face. Um, the potion. But see, here's the thing is that when you're looking at a play like that, it doesn't look like much. But when a player, especially when they're just getting up off the ground, you push a guy right then, it doesn't take a lot of force to send somebody flying. Um, can be a very dangerous play. Dylan Brooks, real, really quick on that. I mean, it was a flagrant one, but you're saying, and the Lakers are saying, he should have been ejected from this game. The Vando push, the, the baiting of Vando afterwards, hitting LeBron in the face. Mm-hmm. Um you know, just all the things, all the things he is, he is forever and always, I, I need to get a shirt at some point. So if anyone out there wants to customize a shirt of Dylan Brooks in their master lock, please feel free. I will pay for shipping and, and I will tip you. Um, that, that would be epic, but yeah, um, that guy sucks. That's all I got. So Dylan Brooks, and by the way, what is on, on Vando here? Cause we need to talk about the rotation too. Oh yeah, we, we were all we were all hoping to see Jared Vanderbilt in the starting lineup after what happened against Golden State. Instead, it was the same old story. It was Torian Prince starting once again uh, for the Lakers in place of Jared Vanderbilt. But then Vando gets himself ejected by kind of taking a swipe at, at Dylan Brooks, and maybe with good reason. He was upset after that play, and then came down a couple of plays later when Vanderbilt got ejected. Um, I guess first, let's go to what did you think of? Jared Vanderbilt getting tossed from this game. And then we need to talk about the starting lineup, staying with Torian Prince. Uh, biased opinion. He should have been able to stay and defend himself. Unbiased. I don't think you're allowed to make contact with the player, even though they're taunting you. So yeah. I understood why. Like, it, it made sense. I was disappointed, but it, it made sense. Like, you just can't do that. And like, look, I hate Dylan Brooks for like using stuff like that to get under player skin. Like, to me, like, that's just... It just tells me you were not a good basketball player. But um, my point being here is that Vando also just needs to be smarter in that situation. The team yeah. obviously needs him on the floor. And so it's unfortunate. And I think it's just one of those situations where I don't blame him for being upset, though. Like, you got shoved in midair. That could have been real dangerous. Um, and so I would I was not upset that he reacted the way he did. I was just more upset that, like, it, it happened so quickly and he was tossed. Yeah, I mean, he's got to be a little more under control. I understand why he was upset. But he is, especially if you saw what was happening in that game, Jalen Green came out hot. The Lakers couldn't defend him. Like, there were multiple Rockets who were hitting tons of shots. The Lakers, their best chance was Jared Vanderbilt comes out and he cools off a couple of the Rockets players. You know, and then, of course, you need other stuff to go your way. LeBron and AD to do their thing. You need Austin Reeves, who we need to talk about, to who start hitting some shots. But... You needed Jared Vanderbilt in this game. And then he got himself tossed after seven minutes. He's got to, in my opinion, uh, he can't do that. Can't get himself tossed despite what Dylan Brooks is doing because that's what Dylan Brooks is trying to get out of him. He's trying to get Jared Vanderbilt out of the game. If you watched Jared Vanderbilt started defending Jalen Green, what did they start doing? Running a bunch of screens to try to get Jared Vanderbilt off of Green. They were desperately doing everything they can to get anybody else on him. And uh, and that goes to show how bad the Rockets wanted Vando out of this game. So he's got to be a little bit better there. But what about the starting five? I mean, 
you you don't have a defensive player on the perimeter when it's Torian, D'Lo, Austin Reeves, and that's putting a lot of pressure on all three of them to really be hitting their threes in order to keep pace. It doesn't make sense to me why they wouldn't go to uh, to Bando in the starting lineup. I, I have run out of ways to really say that I'm confused as to why last year's starting group is not this year's starting group after it was shown that it works. Um, and I know a lot of fans are particularly upset because that was the group that closed the double overtime win against the mm-hmm. Warriors. So, yes, I, I have really nothing to add because I am not the head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers and I cannot decide to start jared vanderbilt over torian prince who i have been a fan of for basically the yeah. entire season um and I, look, I think i think it's not even fair to torian prince i i think i i think that you're overstretching him a little bit um and maybe not and maybe a little bit is is too nice i think that he is definitely better in the bench reserve role where there's mm-hmm. not of attention and not nearly as much pressure to to be a high level three and d guy i think if you just stuck him in corners and and had him play 15 20 minutes a night i think he would look a lot better we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tell I mean, Torian Prince, hey, go be a point-of-attack defender against starters. Nope. You're asking him to do something that's not in his wheelhouse. It's, nope. it, that's that's not something that he can do. It's it, I've used it. It's an extreme example. But it's like, what if you went to D'Lo and said, be our rim-protecting center? Mm. Like, he can't do that. You know, that's, and again, that's an extreme example. But this is not the ideal usage for Torian Prince. And so you're not even getting to see the best out of him necessarily. And I think it's unfortunate because he's taking more flack than he should. And that's not his fault. Yeah. I mean, I, I at this point though, like I, I, there are some comments in here talking about how Torian Prince should just go to Darvin Ham and tell him to come off the bench. Yeah. Um, I just don't think players are really wired that way. <laughs> Especially if I'm Torian Prince, right? You have to consider this factor too. I'm on a one-year deal. I need to look. Oh yeah. Hit you're free playing agency. for your next contract. 
yeah, I'm playing for my next deal and I'm not going to get as much money if I'm coming off the bench. So while that sounds very selfish, this is also a guy's career. I have to consider Like, I don't, I don't even know if any of that's true, but again, if, if I'm playing detective and I'm, and I'm, you know, just trying to see why he hasn't asked himself, asked Darvin Ham himself to just come off the bench. That's potentially why. Um, I haven't gotten to use this one a lot recently. Breaking news. LeBron says he's playing tomorrow. Of course he is. LeBron says he is playing in tomorrow's game. Despite playing 37 minutes tonight, he is going to play in tomorrow's game against the Atlanta Hawks. That's according to LeBron. I tend to believe him. So, okay. that Now maybe the question becomes, does Anthony Davis play in tomorrow's game? I, I told you, man. I'm, I'm telling you, the scoring is a real thing. Uh, uh, Aqua said one of those games where they should have sat their two stars. I might lose again because they didn't a backup big and a quicker guard are much needed. Yeah. I mean, those are things they can try to find at the trade deadline, but uh, I mean, Hey, I, I go ahead. Sorry. I, I, this question literally brought up a trade. I've been th- thinking about, I think our okay. very own, I think our very own Luca from, from Raptors nation brought this up. Huh? Um, what do I need to give up to get Podal and Schroeder from the Raptors? Pearl and Schroeder. Well, I know Luca is after the 2029 first. For sure. Fair. Um, so I'm sure he wants that. I don't how much am I giving up to get all that? The problem is Pertle makes a decent amount of money. Yep. And I don't know that the Lakers would give him all the minutes that the money would suggest that he should get. So that's my problem. Like the people have said, go after Capella. Okay, well, the Lakers committed to playing a true center 25 plus minutes a night. Because if they're not, doesn't make sense to be paying that much for a for a big. But but um I don't I want to say what is he at? Like 15 million this hurdle? I thought he signed like a is it he signed like a four-year extension with the Raptors when they traded. Yeah, but has that extension kicked in? If it hasn't, then maybe it's poison pill. Um, I'm gonna get double check right now because this is my yeah he's making 19.5 flat next four years okay okay four year 78 so, million extension that's what it was so then it then it means you got to give up Rui or D'Lo yep that's what I thought I mean would you do D'Lo Gabe Vincent and the pick for Schroeder and Pirtle I I you know honestly I would think about that yeah I, I mean not not an outright like first like there'd be protections on it obviously but I mean I I'd look at that like this is what I was talking about. Like two needs, guys, guys that you can trust to play minutes. Like th- that's the kind of deal I'm looking at. If I'm and like, look, Pirtle's not a bad player either. So no, he's he's very good. I think conceptually, a back to the basket physical center is a need. I just don't know if I want to pay a guy twenty million to be that when oh sure yeah is going to play the lion's share of the minutes at the center position anyway so that's that's my concern with that but i do like pertle yeah he's good um yeah i, I, I wouldn't mind bringing back dennis either i think for my lakers nation roundtable i think i said i think i threw out something like bruce brown and dennis uh i mean they can't be combined so you'd have to do two separate trades two but separate trades but you can pull it off yeah uh let's do a few more Goat James said, Trevor, can we agree Ham is not that coach? He's terrible and makes uh, makes bad decisions and adjustments. 
Uh, second, we constantly do not look interested. I feel like last year we just didn't have the bodies. You know, that's actually a good point. Yeah. There are a lot of games where they kind of look disinterested, where the energy looks off. I, and look, it, you talk about players taking little shots at Darvin Ham and everything. That's the kind of thing that can cause some of this. And I'm not saying every player hates Darvin Ham or anything like that. Just something is off with the energy of this team in general. More, uh, more nights than not, something looks a little bit off with this team's energy. Um, would you agree that Ham is not that coach? Like he's not the long-term coach for the Lakers? I usually avoid statements like this, but I just kind of think that it's sort of like what Adrian Griffin was facing without the personality problems. Just like first time head coach with championship expectations hurled on them. I think that's going to look, it's going to make anyone look probably worse than they actually are. Um, so I will, I mean, if I had to absolutely pick an answer, the answer is probably no, just because I think like, even though the front office has reportedly said things like in support of Darvin Ham in private about how they're allowing him to develop as a head coach and, and still like figure things out. I do just mm -hmm. think that there are some things process wise that just haven't made sense. And I think, you know, you'd have to, you'd have to be really stubborn or prideful not to make some easy changes that I think could have been implemented already. So I, I think from that perspective, I, I do, I am a little concerned. And if I had to again, pick, I, I don't think he's like the long-term answer right now. And, my look, I, as much as we we spent a lot of time talking about Darvin Ham and a lot of it has been negative, I don't want that to be the case. Same. I would I would love it if Darvin is great and the team starts clicking, and because he's so success so successful, he winds up he turns the corner as a coach and he's getting through to the players and everything is great and he's the head coach for the next ten years because he keeps winning. That would be great. I would love Same. that. He's, I love he's, that genuinely good dude like mm -hmm. I, want, I want Darvin Ham to be great but it just doesn't seem like it's coming together on the floor right now so it feels like the deeper into the season we get the more onto the no he's not that guy side I'm, I'm falling yeah I mean look first year got to the Western Conference Finals after the front office decided to give him some reinforcements great but I think given that he showed us he can do that and then the following year is this result, it's it's a little troubling, especially because mm -hmm. not a lot changed other than adding pieces rather than subtracting. Um, unless Dennis Schroeder was really the reason why that team clicked, then then I guess all of our analysis has just um, been completely off. At the end of the day. At the end of the day, At yes. The the day. Edward said four timeouts left. Fire him. He does not I've, like using those timeouts. I mean, to be fair, though, I think he also thought it was a blowout until they started. I, I think so, too. Yeah, yeah, to be fair. But I, uh, I understand the sentiment. <laughs> David said, don't trade Austin Reeves. Stop overreacting, guys. Austin Me? has not been not been good. Like, this game was one where you knew AD and, Le and LeBron were going to be tired. Austin's 25, 26 years old. This was a night where you really needed Austin to step up and, and have a big game. And, he, I mean, he missed a couple of big shots when it looked like the Lakers are going to be coming back. And it just feels like it's been a little while. Like, I mean, it hasn't been as long as we think because there was a really good Austin game like a couple of weeks ago, but it's not been nearly consistent enough for, from Austin this season. The efficiency has not been what it needs to be because that has been his superpower in the past was extremely efficient offensive production, and he's not been that with his shooting this season. It's just not been good enough from Austin as of late. And so I've got a lot of people saying trade Austin. Um I still think his contract is a valuable one, 
But I don't blame people for being disappointed based on what we saw from him last season because he's definitely not producing at the same level that he was. Yes and no. I think that we're taking Austin's postseason run as what we expected to see from him the entire regular season. Um, even I think that's unrealistic. So uh, I, I, I think I came into the season like not wanting to overhype Austin. I think he's definitely outperformed any sort of expectations up to this point. But now that you know, we're seeing comments about him being called like, you know, potential all-star down the line or yeah. valuable piece on the championship team. Like now that's the sort of player you view him as. And now when he's not meeting those expectations on a nightly basis, you're disappointed. So I get that. But like, look, I, I'm just not expecting third star, like your typical third star production from Austin Reeves. I think he is a fine role player, high level, high, you know, above average role playing guy on a really good team. I think that is legitimately fine for him. I just think that fans are starting to take it as well. If the Lakers are considering him untouchable, then he needs to be playing like, like an all-star. That has done him a disservice. I, I agree. That, that, that untouchable thing that's going around. Yeah. Because it's, first of all, it's not true. He's not untouchable. Just they won't trade him unless they're getting an all-star caliber player back. And so people latch on to this untouchable thing and, and think that's what it is. Because he's such a good value on his contract, even playing as he has this season, which has not been as good. He's had some flashes, but has not been as good. There's no question. The Lakers have needed him to step up in certain games, and he hasn't quite been able to, like tonight's game. But the whole untouchable thing, it's just not, it's not accurate. He's not untouchable. They're just not going to move him unless they're using him for that big move. And the reason for that is because they don't have other assets that would make sense to put into that big move or that would be desirable ones in that kind of big move. When we're talking about like a Donovan Mitchell or a Trey Young, not saying he gets those players, but that's the piece that they've got right now. And if you use him in a trade to go get somebody that's not that, then your opportunity cost is potentially that big swing trade down the road. So it's not that he's untouchable. It's just that the team's not going to move him for some of the guys that are out there right now. Yeah, I agree. Like, look, I, I have said this all the entire time. Like, I, I also don't think Reeves is untouchable. I think any player besides LeBron and AD is, can be had for the right price. Um, but look, like, just none of the offers have been very enticing. Like, look what we just saw. Got Look, look, look what... Look what look what trade Reeves just got thrown in today. Boyan and Alec Burks, like, no. Oh, yeah, no way. I'm good. Like, even DeJounte Murray, like, that one is, like, I understand. And, like, I think most normal teams or fans would probably, like, look at that harder than less Lakers fans do. But, like, I think Reeves' value is just within that contract, the potential for growth, you know, his, his chemistry with LeBron and AD. Like, I just think that's, that's just too... That's just not enough of a big move enough for me to, to trade Austin. But like, if someone else came along, I don't know what that player is like off the top of my head, but there, there are a few names out there that I'd be like, like, for example, like extreme example, Donovan Mitchell, like if Cleveland came calling and said, Hey, we want to blow this up. We really like Austin next to Darius Garland and Evan Mobley. Mm -hmm. Give us whatever picks you have and, and self and salary filler. And let's run it. I, I would say yes to that. Like tomorrow, yeah, right now, <laughs> if, if they called uh, Rob right now, I, I would be screaming for him to say yes, but it, if you were yeah. to flip Reeves and, and D'Angelo Russell's contracts, oh, what happens then? Oh my God! Then, they're, uh, then in my mind, then they're hanging on to D'Lo, and we're talking Reeves trades, right? I I think you'd have to, right? Right. That's that's the thing. That's the thing. And, and so it's not people jumped onto this untouchable thing, and then they're and then they're thinking, oh, he's. You know, what are the Lakers thinking? They should trade him tomorrow. He's not, you know, he's not untouchable. He's not that good. All that kind of stuff. 
there's how many players in the league are actually untouchable? Um, I'm gonna I no research whatsoever. I'm gonna say like, like five. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like five guys. Uh, nah, okay, I lied. It's like seven or eight. I oh would yeah, say yeah. Eight. okay, that's fine. If we want to start, we can add some. In. But I mean, like Wemby and Luca and Giannis and you know, yeah. Need. Uh, sure yeah you tatum yeah like Jokic, Embiid, tatum. But, right, th those are all yeah. the guys yep 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 so no austin's not untouchable and, and there i know the expectations were sky high for him so he's still a good value on his contract there's a reason why other teams are asking for him but i also think it's fair to say that yeah he's he's not quite lived up to the expectations that were that were very high um and it's nights like tonight where you're like man they really, you know, obviously the defense wasn't there, but this was a night where had they been able to get some stops, they really needed like a like a twenty plus night out of out of Austin. It just feels like we're not getting that consistently enough. I I mean I agree. I just I also think it was unrealistic for him to be a twenty point scorer like one season after the postseason. Um, I don't think he, I I think he can maybe sort of get there at some point, but I just think this year is a little tough of an ask. By the way, how how. Is has this um have the past two games been a bummer for you just because the Rockets and the Warriors feature players that the Lakers could have drafted? Yes. Yeah, that that's definitely been an added thing. Like Cam Whitmore. I so on this season, Matt, when we looked this up, on this season, the entire season, JHS has scored 23 points in the NBA. Ten of those came in one game. I Ten think. of those came against came against Detroit in a game that was a blowout, and so he got a bunch of minutes. Um, Cam Whitmore just tonight had twenty. Yeah, didn't he score a lot against Brooklyn the other night too? Yeah, yeah, that's a bummer. Look, I I, I only wanted to bring it up because I think it's topical, right? Like any time <laughs> that a, a rookie Mom plays mentality Lakers. brought it up or about playback, but yeah, yeah, go ahead. Just any time a rookie after Jalen Hutchinson gets brought up, the first thing I want to say is there are also other teams that passed up on the same guys we're talking about. Yeah, um, I would love to do a redraft of the first round again just to see where things where things shake out. But I'm also very vindicated in my love for Jaime. I don't know if you guys remember the uh, the draft mm -hmm. live stream we did, but I was like, this guy's going to be good. Yep, he probably should have been the pick there. And Jay yeah. just, he, I'm not out on him he's still very young there's still time the real important uh, stage for him it's going to be this year's summer league yep if he can't separate in summer league this year that's going to be red flags but yeah look I, I i guess like another way to look at it is like how much do you think like i mean i think jaime would play a lot but like how, how much do you think like cam whitmore would be playing for the lakers right now um i mean or you even gotta pods. give your minutes to Torian Prince. So, <laughs> would, would Pods be getting minutes on the Lakers right now? Probably, right? Who who's he playing in front of? Max? I don't know. Max, maybe. That's the that's the minutes that you're looking at, basically. So yeah, I mean, like, look, I I, I understand every Lakers fan's frustrations, and I think people are even starting to turn on the Bus Brothers of all people right now because really? they're ahead of all the i saw some like comments today about how like the bus brothers like really whiffed on the draft and all this other stuff and i'm like i, I don't think you can definitively I mean, say that I'm, and they're i can't even i think it would be a mistake to definitively say it was their selection too uh that's also very fair um so my point being is just that look i don't think anyone bats a thousand in the draft um 
that'd be impossible. And if you could, you'd be making all the money in the world. Oh, yeah. Right? Can you imagine if you could just nail every draft pick no matter what slot you're in? How much do you pay that guy? Oh, a four, I mean, millions, right? If a team knew every single pick you make is going to be the right pick and it's going to pan out, like that team would, like that team would go on to, would just be dominant, right? Yeah, that'd be insane. Because you would have, you would constantly have assets. You would constantly have guys who are outperforming the draft value. You would know what valuations to trade up for, what players to trade up for, and things like that. Yeah. I mean, it would change the, change the future of your franchise. Um, Anyway, we do need to give a shout out to our sponsor. That is uh, Sleepers. Let's make some picks here, Matt. Let's see if we can brighten our day with some selections here. Again, very easy to download the Sleeper app. Play alongside us. Use that code LakersNation. Get a $500 deposit match. Uh, Matt, let's do a few picks here. Um, On this one, what's that? We have a freebie. We do have a freebie here. We've got Devin Booker at 0.5 points. I'm going to go out on and say more. More for I'll sure. take that one. Thank you very much. Yeah. Oh, let's let's feel the pain here. Alex Caruso, our Ouch. old friend, playing against Toronto. You want to go with a coin flip one? <laughs> sure. Point five first quarter assists. So does he get an assist in the first quarter or not? They're playing the Raptors. They're playing the Raptors. Ooh, let's. I'm gonna say more. And I gotta I gotta add that to the to our stage here yeah i'll go more you like more i'll go more as well um okay so first quarter so we're gonna go more there uh let's look at maybe future laker colin sexton 19 and a half points against the knicks oh oh that seems a smidge high no yes but let's pull it up he has gone over that mark in three of his last four games. Three of the last four games that they're playing the Knicks. He, he did it against Houston. He did it against, uh, looks like the Pelicans. He did it against Charlotte. Uh, he did not do it against Washington. You know what? Let's be a little spicy. I'm going to say less. Okay. We're going to go less. Let's go to uh, another former Laker here. Let's go with Josh Hart. Josh Hart. I'm going to try the the points, rebounds, and assists because he's always such a high rebound guy. Ah, That is a high number, though. 25 and a half. No Julius Randle, though, Trevor. No Julius Randle. That's true. 25 and a half points, rebounds, and assists combined. We're playing the Jazz? Playing the Jazz. You know what? I love Josh. Let's go. I, I think I like more. All right. I like it. Let's do one final pick here. One more selection for this contest. Let's give a shout out to Luca Rosano over at Raptors Nation, which you guys should definitely follow. Uh, and let's look at Scotty Barnes. Haha. Okay. Taking on the Chicago Bulls. Mm-hmm. 38 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. No OG Ananobi anymore. No Pascal Siakam. I think this I like the more. Team. I think I like the more. You going to go more? Do you, what All do you right. think? I do like it. I would also go more. I, was, I I tend to like to go more on those wing players that can that have multiple ways to hit that total. Um, all right, that would give us a sixteen point two x multiplier. That would be on a twenty dollar contest. That would be a three hundred twenty four dollar uh, payout if that one hits. So once again, that's Devin Booker more than 0.5 points. Alex Caruso more than 0.5 first quarter assists. 
Colin Sexton less than 19.5 points, Josh Hart more than 25 and a half points, rebounds, and assists, and Scotty Barnes more than 38 and a half uh, points, rebounds, and assists. Quick, quick interjection. So I would like yes. to throw in some stats. Alex Caruso averages 0.9 assists every first quarter. So that tells you right there. <laughs> it's a coin flip. But Scotty Barnes, the PRA, I felt good. 38 and a half. He had 44 last time he played the Bulls two weeks ago. Okay. All right. So we feel pretty good about those. I like, like it. I like it. I like All right, it. chat. Once again, guys, check out Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app. Use that promo code Lakers Nation, and you can get that $500 deposit match super super value um once again you make sure you guys use that promo code all right matt um we did the master lock already let's finish off with just a couple of questions and then we'll give way to sean with the post post game show um tough loss today Vinny says if the lakers can't get murray should we pivot and offer caruso and drummond and give up vincent jhs and a pick or stay in pat so if you could give up Gabe Vincent, Jalen Huchifino, and a let's say it's a lottery protected first mm. and get Alex Caruso and JHS. Would you do that? I'd I'd be on the fence about that. What's what's Drummond's contract situation for next season? Because I think Caruso has his 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 option next year, but it's also like partially guaranteed for like a team option, right? Uh Drummond, you said? Yeah. Uh let me look. Because I can't remember if he's on a one or two year deal this year. Andre Drummond, I want to say he was on a one-year expiring. Yep, $3.3 million this season, and it expires. Um, so he'll be a free agent this summer. Yeah, no, definitely not the first then. Okay, that's fair. You? I think Caruso's probably worth the first. I would I would maybe try to remove JHS. Put him with like Jackson Hayes? Yeah, if I could. But I think yeah, Vincent that, that... also has negative value right now. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. that's the problem okay uh hayes had a better game than austin reeves and torian prince in 14 minutes you know what jackson hayes for as untimely as some of his fouls are and as unplayable as he's looked through certain stretches of the season he wasn't terrible on this one tonight <laughs> caught some lobs finished some shots did something you know most aside from a, a moving screen foul that i think dylan brooks sold um, he mostly stayed out of, of foul trouble and did what he needed to do. I just like that the barometer is, he wasn't bad today. <laughs> but I mean, the, the bar is low yeah, for, for a reason. Like he's <laughs> he's looked unplayable in, in a lot of games. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I, he had a good game. I think a lot of it came in garbage time, to be honest. But I, I, will, I will appreciate that he always plays with some energy and is always good for like a good bench reaction or... Um, some sort of thing like that. So shout out to Jackson. Yo said tired of having expectations with this team. Want to enter a mild rebuild or retool with younger players who show effort every game. Mm. So the thunder. They, they are, they're the exception. That's like when the rebuild goes, like when you do everything right in your rebuild. (laughs) Yeah. Like don't even have a first overall pick on that roster. I don't think. I know no. Chet's number two, but they traded for Shea, nailed Jalen Williams. Mm-hmm. Giddy was a good pick in the middle of the first round or That's the middle of the lottery. Yeah, like I, I I understand like tired of having expectations, but I think when you when you're a sports fan, that's what you root for, right? Is you always want to feel like you're in the race. Mm-hmm. So I just think I'll always prefer this over 
knowing that my seasons are done before it started. Like 20, 2014 to 2017 are the dark times for a reason. Yeah, I mean, if you want to get into a rebuild, we can talk about some really tough times. Um, but if you go into a rebuild, you're talking about a post-LeBron era. Like that wouldn't be a minor or mild rebuild. Yeah. That that would be a serious rebuild. Like, look, I, I feel like their comment, their comment is like kind of reminiscent of like what the Raptors are doing, but they already have like their cornerstone in, in Scotty Barnes. I don't think the Lakers have that. Yeah, right. I'd agree with that. Uh, Trey said Rui Hachimura, 16 points on like 80% shooting and only got 22 minutes. Torian, five points in 25 minutes, 33%. Fire this moron, pathetic excuse for a coach. I do agree. Now, Torian and Rui don't always play the same minutes, but I do agree Rui should be getting more minutes than Torian. So should Vando. <clears throat> Vando for sure. Oh, yeah. In the, in the hierarchy, I've got, in terms of, of the minutes distribution, Vando, Rui, Torian. So you're saying you're saying the players on last year's team? Yes. The guys that should have um what's that thing? Uh chemistry and consistency mm. because they were from last year's team. Yes. Yes, the things that you could have built on instead of looking for something shiny and new. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shiny and not so new to the head coach, though. No, oh, that's fair. Because he is a player from his previous team which does seem to matter well when you've got a king and a prince on your team trevor you've got to play them both yeah that's true uh re said like i said four months ago this team is a play-in team no trade helping them with ham as the coach we're going nowhere and ad looks hurt why not talking Rui trades oh they, they may very well be talking Rui trades um the trade deadline it's a magical time anything can happen we don't know exactly what's going to go on there but i i think in terms of likelihood of being traded, it's D'Angelo Russell, then Rui, then Austin. Um, if all things considered, which contract are you more hesitant to trade right now, D'Lo or, or Rui? Like, who would you rather keep, I guess, is another way to, to say that. Um, It's hard to vote against D'Lo right now, mm -hmm. but there's a decent chance you lose him for nothing this summer if mm -hmm. you don't trade him. Yep. So I would probably keep Rui if I if I had to pick between the two, while acknowledging that D'Angelo Russell has been much more impactful this season than Rui has. I also think too, like just I that's my answer to you. Just to to throw my my two cents in here is really quick is that I just think losing Rui as like your front court piece is 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 more brutal to the rotation than it is losing D'Lo right now. But I, I mean, are they even really using him right now the way that he should be? No, but just imagine like Cam's already out. Imagine if uh you know. Darvin Ham's beloved Victorian Prince or or another forward gets hurt. True. Then, yeah. Then you'll be really missing Rui. All right. Uh, Mission 86 says, Master Lock Texas. All of it. It's a big master <laughs> lock. Yeah, I don't think Chris's arms are that big, but they are big. <laughs> Could probably get at least a couple counties, but maybe not all of Texas. All right. Uh, Tyler. So teams can't be consistent at being, or the team can't be consistent at being good. It's win one, lose one, and so on. Half the roster seems to not care. We need trades and players that actually care and want to win more than two in a row. I mean. It's tough. That's the reality. Yeah. yeah. He's not wrong. Like, we definitely saw a lack of energy in this one. And again, they did play back-to-back, -back, you know, or not back-to-back. -back. They did play double overtime. 
but still like Ooh. you've got to find a way to uh to get some wins like that's that's the bottom line you've got to find a way to get some wins how confident are you in the lakers if they don't make a move at the trade deadline that they can put it all together again like like they did last I, season can i sell you on the idea that look no everyone is going to stay put there's no more rumors this is just the team um, how much does that play a factor here Mm. oh they like there's all the trade rumors go away yeah because like the trade the rumors are that big of it like they certainly certainly didn't look like an issue against golden state so mm. i don't know and you could argue maybe the trade rumors have inspired d'angelo russell to to put on a you know a don't trade me run here but so i i, I don't think i would suddenly feel super confident I, I i think this group can make the play-in at the very least i think this group could get out of the play-in would i have confidence they're going to go farther than that based on what we've seen so far no probably not quite that's fair i think i'm there too all right well on that happy note <laughs> let's wrap this up um sean davis is going to get going here on the post post game show in just a moment so make sure you guys do stick around for that but Rough outing for the Lakers. Let's see if they can turn things around tomorrow against the Atlanta Hawks. Thank you again, everybody, for joining. Make sure you do subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're not already. And then over on the podcast side, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you, Matt the Optimist Peralta, for coming in and, uh, and joining. Certainly appreciate it. Always fun to talk Lakers basketball with you, even on a tough night like tonight. Same to you as always, Trevor. For anyone out there, this is a good reminder not to get too high and too low with regular season wins and losses. However, I don't blame you. Allow yourself to feel all the feelings and let's get back at it tomorrow. That's my positive message for the podcast slash stream. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Thanks, everybody. See ya and stay safe. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.